Hello, and welcome to Spotlight On, the podcast that brings together business leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts covering a range of topics. I'm Nicholas Barton, founder and CEO of the Barton Partnership. We're an award-winning executive recruitment and consulting solutions firm, providing permanent search and independent consulting services across strategy, sustainability, and M&A, data and analytics, and transformation and change. Welcome to the Barton Partnerships Women in Leadership podcast series. I am Charlotte Perret, U.S. Professional Services Lead at the Barton Partnership. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Sheila Shah, Managing Director and Partner in LEK's Consulting Chicago Office and leader of the firm's digital healthcare practice. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sheila. Can you start by sharing a brief overview of your career story and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a partner at LEK Consulting, which is a management consultancy headquarters in London and Boston, but we have offices worldwide. I've been a partner here for about a couple of years, but I've been part of the organization for the last eight. I specifically focus in the healthcare space and then even within healthcare, have a focus on medical devices, um, provider and digital health. I've been, honestly, I like to say that I sort of stumbled into the healthcare world. My first job out of college was at a hospital near Presbyterian in procurement and and finance. And honestly, I didn't really understand how much I would really relate to the mission of healthcare and the patient focus and the desire to improve the quality of of people's lives. And it was a mission that I, I really loved. And so I started working at the hospital. From there, I moved on to ENY and their provider consulting group because I wanted to understand how different hospitals and health systems dealt with a whole variety of issues. And it was a really fascinating experience. I worked with some amazing people. And then from there, I decided I was ready to go to business school. And so I went to Northwestern in 2013 around, and I did some work with organizations in the digital health world. And so that's really what helped solidify my interest in digital health. I was with Brock Health for a bit, um, J&J and their healthcare innovation group, and then started Pulse Cipher. And I just really loved the intersection of healthcare and technology. And that's what led me to my desire to then go back into consulting so I could help other organizations with their pursuit of health and technology. And eight and a half years later, I'm still here, still learning um, and still getting to do some really awesome work. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Could you please share what inspired you to pursue a career in med tech in particular? Yeah, it's a great question. So honestly, it was a bit unexpected. Um, I was a provider and a hospital girl for most of my career. And truthfully, I still think I am a provider girl in my heart. But when I started at LEK, I loved the innovation coming out of the med tech world. I loved seeing all of the cool new technologies coming to market and the impact that it was having on patient care. And being a part of that for the last eight years, especially with a mom that has used many of these life-saving treatments I've worked on, has been really amazing. I will say the second thing that was a little bit surprising to me is the fact that I've just met so many people in the med tech world, whether it be at LEK or outside of in the actual industry, has really cemented my love for the space. There's been leaders like Amanda DePalma from Siemens and Jonas Frank from LEK's MedTech practice and people at startups like Steve Savini at Biz AI, and they've all inspired me to continue to do the good work that the industry is pushing forward. They care so much about the mission of the work, about creating a culture of talent appreciation and team mentorship, 
that I knew that the industry, not only in terms of what the work it was trying to do and the mission it was trying to have, but the people that it attracted was one for me. Great. Thank you. Very inspiring. Thanks for sharing. And last year, you, you participated in a panel discussion at the MedTech Vision Conference, where you shared your insights on, on the challenges and, and also the opportunities that the MedTech industry faces when it comes to increasing diversity for historically underrepresented groups. Could you talk about some of the key takeaways from that discussion? Absolutely. It was such an honor to share the stage with that group of amazing women. My biggest takeaways were the importance of finding good mentors and being a good mentor yourself. And secondly, the power of believing in yourself and the taking smart risks. As honestly, someone who suffers very much from imposter syndrome, I always found that this last piece of advice around taking smart risks and believing in yourself was great in theory, but really hard to, to kind of execute yourself. But then I realized that having good mentors allows you to actually take risks and believe in yourself, knowing that you have a group of individuals around you that believe in you and are rooting for you, which I realized actually helps me quite a lot because until I can intrinsically believe in myself, I can sort of rest on the fact knowing that other people that I really admire and, and want to emulate believe in me. And so those are two messages that I learned a lot from in that discussion um, regarding you know, how to be a really strong advocate for others that are trying to really engage in the, the kind of healthcare space and really trying to make a name for themselves, be a mentor, find good mentors and believe in yourself. And until you can do that, let others believe in you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. I think uh, mentorship really plays a big part in building on that confidence. And then, as you say, being able to dare to take these, these smart risks. Thank you for sharing that. And And what do you see as, as the future of the medtech sector? And, and I guess, how is LEK preparing for the challenges and, and opportunities that that may bring? Yeah, it's a great question. So we're definitely in a time of transition in the medtech sector. There's a lot happening. This year has been rife with divestitures and spinoffs and restructurings. Medtechs are thinking about how to innovate, where should they grow, how to show category leadership. There's a ton of questions around just the various things that I just mentioned. And then you have a lot of innovation with digital, as I mentioned, with GLP-1s. And so just a lot of uncertainty around what's happening given all of the, the sort of potential trends that might you know, continue to grow next year. And so when we think about what's happening going forward in medtech, we know for certain there, there probably are certain things you can rely on. <laughs> One of those things is that digital will be a big part of the medtech landscape going forward both in terms of how medtechs think about leveraging digital internally and how they operate and how they communicate with their customers, but then also in terms of how they incorporate digital externally into their product portfolio, into how they um, think about perhaps offering solutions that are more digitally focused than kind of product focused. So that is definitely something that we completely believe is going to happen. The next thing is that we definitely think that provider customers, whether it be acute care or non-acute care, are very much looking for medtechs to be solution providers. We've talked about this for, for quite so many years, but we think now providers are more, you know, just given the, the dynamics that they're dealing with, they're even more open to it than they were historically. 
And so they're really looking for medtechs to be solution partners as opposed to widget providers. And then lastly, what I'll say for now is that there's, you know, what we've noticed in our conversations with various medtechs is that they've been spending a lot more time thinking about how can we be even more strategic than we have been in the past? And so specifically areas like how do we optimize our pricing strategy? How do we optimize our launch strategy? And so what I mean by that is how do we launch new products correctly? How do we think about customer segmentation more appropriately? So things like that, they're being a lot more um, or perhaps even more strategic than they happened in the past with how do we make sure we get this right the first time? Very exciting. Um, definitely a, a space to watch. And it sounds like uh, that will likely suggest for a follow-up conversation in the future on that basis. And as an advocate for diversity and inclusion, how do you believe organizations can better support and promote women in leadership positions? And what are some of the in initiatives you've been involved in? Yeah, it's a great question. In my opinion, it's critical that organizations are thinking through their strategies around diversity and inclusion, and honestly, just being honest with themselves about what they don't know. One of the favorite initiatives that I was involved in um, a little while ago was hosting listening sessions with various women to discuss topics such as Me Too and parental leave policies and more. And honestly, it's not that we come away from those sessions with very specific solutions on how to solve these very hard problems or what we should do about very you know complex topics, but the fact that we create a safe space for women to share their thoughts, how these things affect them, gives me hope that we're moving in the right direction. Really one that allows women and broader underrepresented minority groups to be more honest about the experiences that they're having. Because at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of the diversity and inclusion initiatives, they should really be around education and allowing everyone to feel seen and heard. Honestly, I often get frustrated when I hear organizations discuss DNI without really understanding why it's so important. I fundamentally believe that a diverse and inclusive environment establishes a sense of belonging among employees, making them feel more connected, more productive. And there's been multiple studies that have shown that organizations that adopt DNI practices see huge gains in the form of business results and innovation and decision making. This is not something that I'm I'm sort of making up on my own um, my own thoughts. These are things that are published and, and well noted. And so I really believe that organizations need to allow and celebrate their employees' differences by listening. And then hopefully as we understand the kind of dynamics and the repercussions of some of these potential issues, then responding accordingly. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And finally what, what advice would you give to the next generation of women starting out in their careers or, or moving into leadership roles? So there's a popular quote that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. I feel this advice so deeply as I think the secret to my success has always been the network of support I've had around me throughout my career. Honestly, for my first job at New York Presbyterian, Shout out to old bosses, Anand and Bridget, to working for Lynn and Adodo and Anne and Sean and Malay, and then to my current position at LEK. Shout out to the LEK MedTech team. I've been extremely lucky to have worked with some of the most intelligent, empathetic, and supportive individuals that I've, I've kind of come across. And these are not only kind of bosses, it's, it's also the people that have worked um, under and around me. And so my advice is seek out supportive environments, be humble. And realize that any opportunity is a good learning opportunity. And lastly, think very much about empathy. 
Empathy is extremely important as you make your way through your career, also as you make your way through life. And so that's my biggest piece of advice. And then the very last thing that I'll say is that even when you don't believe in yourself or feel like you've made a mistake, keep going because honestly, your options at that point are to just give up or try again. And you should never let yourself be the thing holding you back. And honestly, that when I make mistakes, that's the thing that I always come back to that I can't be the reason why I don't advance. And I couldn't agree more. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sheila. And thank you for joining me on, on our podcast. Appreciate your time. No, thank you so much for having me.